folks, and welcome to the Sense and Theory podcast. I'm Sense. And I'm Theory. And today, uh, we've actually got an assortment of things to get to. Uh, we're going to be debuting a, a new series of uh, show styles, formats, whatever you want to call it, uh, today. Uh, they're called Change My Views, and we'll get into that here in just a minute. But before we did... Totally not bitten from Reddit. Uh, totally. Uh, yeah, it was totally bitten from Reddit. Yeah, I have to admit that to the good people. But... <laughs> Uh, but before we get to that, uh, we did have a couple like little catch up points, news and notes that we wanted to go over before we started. Yeah. So first off, there's an update to the fiber network rollout uh, situation. And Verizon has reached an agreement uh, with New York. They have not met their obligation of rolling out fiber. And this, uh, I guess it was a lawsuit, mm-hmm. uh, provides for a rollout of fiber to the to the places they promised. And it's, yeah. uh, it's pretty big. I mean, it says, uh, Verizon will extend fiber to 10,000 to 12,000 households, not currently served, uh, in long Island. So it's exactly what I was speaking to. You know, mm-hmm. there were obligations that the telecom community, uh, community, the telecom companies, I'm sorry, uh, made and mm-hmm. did not follow through with. And now we're seeing States respond and, and make them follow through. Absolutely. And rightly so. I think what's important to note is that I don't have any problem, uh, you know, with this happening. There was an agreement in place. The state of New York sees the opportunity to sue them because they breached that or, you know, broken the law, however it worked out, and they're going after it. And that's good. That's a great thing. We should definitely hold them accountable when they make promises. Uh, my contention uh, last week was that the the guy with this book was making the case that, you know, we had spent $400 billion through the 1996 Telecommunications Act uh, you know, which would require uh, the telecom companies to lay a fiber network. And that is not an accurate representation right. of, of what happened there. And the reason I think it's important to clear that up is because it's a debatable point, right? So if I go to somebody who thinks um, that we are being way too hard on the telecommunications company and I say, well, they've charged us $400 billion for this fiber network, he can argue that with me. All day. And he's probably, you know, like I said, in my opinion, the way I read the situation, he's going to come out and be right. However, if I bring this, this Verizon case in New York and I say, hey, look at this. The telecom companies are promising fiber networks that we're not getting. He can't argue with this. Right. This is an agreement that they broke and they're being sued for it. Right. The 400 you billion know? number is based on this. It's promises and ifs and wishes. And, and, yeah. and yeah, yeah. And and not hard data points all the way through and right. estimations. And, and I think, I think that's important because at some point that contributes to what, you know, we've talked about since we started the show, this, this divide and stuff. Cause you get those, these things out there. Yeah. Well, if four hundred billion dollars is a hyperbolic number that's that's designed to drum up emotion in you, then you're not able to make a, a, an educated decision on the subject. Right, right. Like, and there is there's there's like a shade of truth to what he's saying, right? Like, right. So what it comes down to is the telecom companies did lobby for that act, you know. So like, would that act have been passed if they hadn't lobbied for it? I could make the case that, you know, that was the first Republican Congress we had in thirty years. Of course, they were going to deregulate something, right? Right. But you can also make the case that that lobbying is an integral part of it being passed. So Right. But the truth and the complexity of the truth is nowhere near as sexy as saying, right. we gave them $400 billion and they fleeced us and, and well, didn't give us what they promised. I beg to differ because I think this story is sexy as hell. I would I would take this story out to dinner and maybe even back to my house. You know what I mean? I mean, it's cut. It's dry. There it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They lied. So yeah. let's nail them. You Fair know? enough. Fair Absolutely. enough. Let's hope, uh, let's hope we see more states and cities stepping up to the plate and hold 
holding our, our companies accountable for their promises, man. Mm-hmm. That's, Absolutely. that's all we can hope for. Uh, we also had another uh, Pentagon. Uh, another some, some UFO, more UFO video yeah, got yeah. released. And uh, this is going to be in the show notes, guys. So please go to the website. Uh, check it out. SenseandTheoryPodcast.com slash episode dash 14. Mm. Uh, it'll be right there. You can. Uh, this is 15. 15. Episode yeah. There dash we go. 15. Um, check us out. Uh, look at the video, see what you think. It's pretty, I mean, it's definitely an unidentified flying object, yeah. whether it is of intergalactic origin, who knows, right, right. Uh, but the Pentagon doesn't officially know either. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty cool to, to, to see it and watch the pilot, uh, react. Well, I mean, I, I think what, so what do you learn when you see these videos, right? Like you either, you learn one of two things. You either learn that there are UFOs. Uh, or I'll put it to you like that. There's extraterrestrial life, or you learn uh, that the government is bald faced lying to us about what they can do with, with planes and stuff. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, lying to the pilots too, because this pilot exactly. was totally shocked and yeah. surprised. So you're you're gonna learn either way, you know? Yeah, yeah pretty cool stuff. Um, we have another update that's not quite so cool. Um, kind of saddens me and hurts my heart. Honestly, uh, in the opiate episode, I mentioned that I had a friend. Uh, who I thought was doing better and taking care of his kids and, you know, fine upstanding citizen and all. Uh, I've been notified through a friend that he indeed died of a heroin overdose last year. Hmm. So, and left behind his, his family and friends. Um, Well, it shows that that's, that's actually, you know, that's part of why that's so tough. You know, I mean, sometimes you think somebody's got it beat or they think they've got it beat and then it it creeps right back in. You know, I mean, it's, it's one of the, it's an ongoing battle an ongoing struggle for sure. And uh, with that said, I think we're going to segue directly into the Change My View portion. Change My View. Man, I'm excited about this. So for those of you that don't know, the second coolest subreddit on Reddit right now is our Change My View. Uh, The first coolest subreddit obviously being the new Sense and Theory podcast subreddit uh, that was just set up this week. Feel free to stop by and check it out. But um, anyway, uh, Change My View is a subreddit where you go... And you basically try to do a lot of what we're trying to accomplish on this show. Like you say, here's something I believe. Here's, here's the reason I believe it. Yep. Here's the reasons why I believe it. Change my view. And then, you know, the other Redditors will come through. They'll, they'll take each of your points. They'll try to rebut them, respond to them. And if you feel like they've successfully changed your mind on that point or whatever, you give them a Delta, which is just a little badge. And, you know, you, it's almost like a game. You try to see how many Deltas you can accumulate yeah. And, you know, how many times your view won over the uh, lesser view? Yeah. And I thought that that would be a perfect, um, you know, a, a medium in which, you know, for us to get across the idea that it is OK for people to disagree. Right. Like, and it's OK to have these conversations. I, I started seeing this like trend on, on Twitter and other places where people were saying, oh, you can't ever change anybody's mind. And, you know, it's these conversations are pointless. We shouldn't even be having them. Of course we should be having them. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Let's like, just give up all hope in the face of, you know, the oppression of the world. And, yeah. And, and, and lay down, curl up under a blanket and, and plug people's, our ears. people's minds have been changing for years. I mean, like, so this is not unique. This is fact, not insurmountable. If you're not, if you're not open to your mind being changed, I'd say you're missing out on a great deal of uh, the, the wonder and joy of humanity. Yeah. Uh, if you're so closed minded that you're not willing to accept, uh, you know, even giving someone the time to listen to their, their viewpoint, right. then you're failing. You're yeah, failing. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I think it's because people view it as <clears throat> all or nothing, right? Like, 
I've convinced him that global warming is real, or I have not convinced him as global warming. Like if you bring him around to support solar energy, like, okay, you won something because that, that, that guy didn't used to support solar energy. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like this, this all or well, nothing. The, the war is won in small battles, man. Yeah, exactly. Small exactly. victories are the and, ones that and attitude add shift. Up and count. Yeah. Attitude shift gradually over time, over the years. That's right. So we wanted to start out and we wanted to show you guys how two people who disagree about a deep, meaningful, impactful, hard-hitting issue uh, can have a rational and calm conversation about it. So today we're going to start with Bigfoot. Yep, yep. And uh, <laughs> if you listen to the last episode, you know that uh, I am a Bigfoot believer mm. and, and Theory is a Bigfoot denier. I am a Bigfoot denier. But yes. I'm convinced that uh, he's a Bigfoot denier because he hasn't been faced with the evidence of Bigfoot's existence. Mm. So a special note, I want to tell you a little bit about how we prep these shows as well. Uh, normally, you know, me and Sense get together and, you know, we have a topic and, and we talk everything out and we kind of come up with an outline. Uh, sometimes, you know, our, our, our opinions or our views on things will shift as we get into the research and stuff. But what ends up happening is we, we always seem to, to, you know, much to our credit, I think, uh, find that middle way, right? You know, we, we, we find that coalesce. balance. We'll be on, on sort of in, in different places, but as we discuss and research, uh, we end up kind of moving closer to our respective center, you know, yeah, <laughs> right. that's, that's closer in the middle of the two extremes right. that we took. Well, uh, we didn't want that to happen this time. We did not. And we're able to do that because, you know, now we're working together. We've known each other for a long time. But you can't do that out on the street, right? Nobody's nobody's necessarily going to give you four hours on a Friday night <laughs> to convince right. them of something, right? So what we did was we prepped um, these episodes because we we intend to do more of them uh, in in secret. Basically, I went and I put six or seven reasons why I don't believe in Bigfoot. Uh, since has worked on this for the last week, and I have not seen any of this stuff before today. Oh boy, am I excited <laughs> to have not prepped for this show at all. I'm going to call it now at the end of this uh at the end of this sequence, you're going to believe in Bigfoot. I'm oh, calling it now. He calling his shot like <laughs> like Babe Ruth. All right. Yep. Um so we're going to open it up. I'm going to state out my first point against Bigfoot. Uh my first question to you about Bigfoot is where are they? All right. Uh human civilization is ever encroaching upon nature. Uh we've got hikers, satellite photos, and at this point, just the sheer number of expeditions of people looking for Bigfoot okay. out there in the wild, uh, you would think that we could concretely point to a nest or something by now. A Bigfoot nest? Are they nesting yeah. creatures? Is that? Well, I don't. I don't know. A, a cave, <laughs> a a condo, whatever it is that they live. Okay, so it's interesting you bring that up because we all know there are tons of Bigfoot sightings out there. Right. They happen all the time. They've been happening for uh, many, 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 many years. Uh, so what do you mean? Where are they? Like people are going, they're right here. Okay. They're right here. So let's go get them. Well, they've existed for a long time besides humans, right? So they're obviously masters of evasion. They have to be. They have to have heightened senses of smell, heightened senses of hearing. Hmm. Um, they exist in places that are really difficult for humans to go, like in the mountains. So yeah, you might... You might get a, a climber that could get close to a Bigfoot nest, but he's going to mm -hmm. hear them coming. Right. And Bigfoot's going to escape and, and hide somewhere. They are have we, to be masters. Are we officially adopting the nest 
as the, as the version of Big. I'm, I'm excited about nest. this. Yes, the no, Bigfoot I'm sure nest. they have caves. Man. No, I mean, no, if you were no. a big... <laughs> we're going with nests from here on out. Well, where are the nests then? That's well, that's what I'm getting at. Is like so if okay, so we should be able to off the sheer number of sightings, right? Mm-hmm. Like say uh, there's sightings, there's you know five thousand sightings in Maricopa County, right? Right. Well, let's. Why hasn't a a scientific expedition been able to go into Maricopa County? And find a Bigfoot. And you say it's because of their uncanny sense at evading. Well, and a very small population. I assume that that the population of Bigfoots, Sasquatches, mm. is very, very low. Um, so there, there are plenty of species we have a hard time finding. Um, there are, but I would, I would ask you what, yeah, give me a we, species. I, that okay, would, I can't, I'm not prepared to give you a species, but I will say we are also finding new species every day. That, that are, were previously unfound and unidentified. Because they're insects. <laughs> because <laughs> they're little tiny insects. Touche. Touche. Yeah. I'd also like to raise the point that there are 4.9 million census blocks with a population of zero in the United States. Uh, that's a whole lot of land that is completely uninhabited. Uh, mm. Plenty of space for a Sasquatch to, you know, make a nest. Um, and even have a couple babies and raise them. Uh, it's mostly out west, mostly in the mountains. Again, uh, home territory for a Sasquatch. If you follow, you know where Bigfoot. Likes That's what to hang I was out. getting ready to ask. So you're saying most of those blocks are in the mountainous regions? I glanced. Yeah, uh, you well, know, I wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't stake my reputation on it. But probably, yeah, that's yeah, probably yeah. a safe assumption. Out west yeah. in the in the Rockies and in the the Cascades and stuff. Right, and that's right. primarily where we've seen Bigfoot sightings and mm-hmm. footprints. Mm. Well, I. We will actually, we will save, you're primarily, I'm not sure, but we'll save that for later. <laughs> um, I'll tell, I'll tell you what, uh, th- this point I'm not, uh, I'm not sold, but I will say that I will give you the concession that there may be a heretofore undiscovered species that values evasion like that. That's, okay. that's, it's hard for me to accept that because I can't think of, you know, the, the, how that would like why did that happen before we got close? Can, right? can we call that half a point for me? And half I will, a point for you? I will, yeah, I will give you half a point. But my question would be, why did they evolve that before we got anywhere near them? You know what I mean? Like only now do we have the ability where they, they need this been, level of, they could have been you know, alongside us all along. That's true. It's, it's true. very possible that they learned early. Like those guys are dangerous. They will kill us and eat us. Yeah. And that's Lord knows that's true. So I will, I will give you a mm, uh, Bigfoot steak. Yeah. I wonder, you think it tastes like bison? I mean, I don't know, but I think uh, we might have a successful franchise idea right here. <laughs> Come on down to Bigfoot steaks. If yeah. there's any Sasquatches out there listening, run, <laughs> run for your fucking lives. <laughs> so I think with that, uh, why don't you hit me with, uh, with number two? I'm feeling okay. good about half a point. I'll All tell right. You. So they have, you said that they have existed uh, alongside us the whole time, right? Sure. Where are they in the fossil record? Uh, actually, you make mm-hmm. a really good point. What about Gigantopithecus? You know anything yeah. about Gigantopithecus? Uh, I know we're we're talking about something roughly akin to Lucy, right? I don't know what Lucy is. No, uh, Australopithecus. But anyway, we're talking about ancient humans, right? Uh, not or, humans, or, well, primates. I'm You're right. Yeah, I misspoke. Ancient forerunners to humans. That's right. right. Um, so an ape-like creature... Estimated to be six to ten feet tall, weighed six hundred to twelve hundred pounds. Uh, the only fossil record we have of them are a couple jawbones mm-hmm. and some teeth found in China and Vietnam. 
Mm-hmm. That's it. We don't have any full skeletons. There's no full fo- fossil record, but science overwhelmingly says that, yes, gi- Gigantopithecus, a very large uh, ape-like creature, existed. Mm-hmm. We've only found two jawbones. So to me, the idea that a missing fo- fossil record proves something's non-existence, even though we can't prove a negative, but I'm just right, saying right. that alone is not enough, not near enough to say, well, we don't have fossils, therefore it didn't exist. Hmm. The lack I, of a fossil record does not preclude a species' right. existence. And I will give you, I will give, yeah, I will absolutely concede that that the the idea that you know the fossils aren't there doesn't prove it. But what I'm saying is, it would deviate, I think, from all the other species currently living on the Earth. Like, sure. like we have a fossil like record for just about deviates. everything. Well, no, but I'm saying like, so there are actually, there's Australopithecus, there's, you know, all kinds of, of, uh, fossils of early primates that we have, but we can also somewhat follow the line, right? Right. Now there is the missing link. You know, there is, there are a couple gaps. I'm not saying there isn't. Um, but look at dinosaurs, for instance, right? Like we have, you know, full, you know, running records, of dinosaurs and stuff. And, and oftentimes those are actually older than the area that you would be talking about. Fair enough. You know what I mean? I'd say though, still that, uh, perhaps some of these primates that we've studied, uh, are earlier, uh, earlier Sasquatches, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, I'm not an expert. Yeah. Um, but to your point, where are they in the fossil record? I would say that's a total non point because there are plenty of species that we accept their existence of that aren't in the fossil record. Well, this brings up, and, and you know, maybe maybe this is a little outside the scope of what we're doing, but I think, you know, it doesn't hurt to talk about it. That is, it, I wouldn't call it a non-point, all right? So here's the thing. You're right if we're looking at does this prove or, you know, disprove. But what I'm saying is this that does help for me with the likelihood percentage that I'm right. going to it calculate. It would be a piece of the, evidence. It is, it is it is something that it's circumstantial. So evidence, so can you, know? you concede there are some Bigfoot experts who claim that the Gigantopithecus jawbone is actually Sasquatch jawbone? I I will concede that the possibility exists. Um, however, um, I can't. To it would seem to me that there would be more than that jawbone. If we have, uh, what are we, what are, I, I can't really remember the time frame, but we're, I mean, thousands of years of Bigfoot and his, you know, ancestors. That's right. A long history. There should be something somewhere. You would think me, so. Is, is what would I would think. think. So. Yeah. Maybe they have highly developed, uh, systems of burial. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they burn their bodies. They might, mm-hmm. you know, actually side note, uh, one of my favorite, and this is, this is some hardcore nerd stuff, but. One of my favorite uh, series of books is the Harry Dresden novels, which if anybody gets a chance and you like books about wizards and stuff, check it out. But anyway, one of the stories uh, in the book is he meets a community of Bigfoot Mm -hmm. and they live in this valley, you know, like to themselves and nobody ever finds them and stuff. And yeah, they have like their own little culture. They talk and stuff and they talk to him and stuff. So sure. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if know, they're smart enough to evade humans, okay. Mm-hmm. If they're smart enough to evade humans for thousands of years, what makes you think they're not smart enough to hide their bodies or well, bury them? That's the thing, though. Like that is hinged off the premise that I believe that they exist and are evading humans. Okay, so you know what I mean. So I purposely put my weakest evidence 
up front. Yeah. Um, so I think after the next couple points, you're going to have to come to my well, side. Well, you're getting, you're getting me saying I acknowledge the possibility. So, <laughs> so yeah. Okay. So in now fairness, not so much a fifth grade class belief. Is that you? St- oh no, still very much so. Fifth grade <laughs> class belief. So what do you think? Half a point, half a point, uh, no points either way. I can't give a half point on that. I, all right. I can't. Then you don't get a point either. Okay. That's, fair enough. that's big fat goose eggs across the board. <laughs> okay. Um, um, all right. Point three. And I, admittedly, this is one of the few things that I actually looked at, um, but it's because you directly referenced it at the end of last week's episode. Yeah. Um, the chief piece of evidence, the 1967, I believe it's called the Gimli Patterson or the Patterson, Patterson Gimlin film. Yeah. yeah Patterson Gimlin film. Uh, if believed, Shows an animal that d- diverges significantly from all known primates. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Yes. Yeah. Um, and for those of you who have not seen the Patterson-Gimlin film, uh, go to senseandtheorypodcast.com. Check out this episode's link. It'll be listed in the show notes. Yep. Uh, and it's pretty hard for me to imagine someone watching this film and and saying that it looks like a guy in a, in a chimp suit. I mean, this thing, it's, it's arms go almost all the way down to the knees. They're mm-hmm. clearly, clearly longer than any human. It's, it's clearly not faked footage too, because this was from 1967. Mm-hmm. And to put it in perspective, that's 10 years before star Wars, the mm-hmm. first star Wars film was produced. So right. special effects weren't up to the level um, of really faking stuff that well. In fact, Planet of the apes came out in 1967 and if you look at Planet of the Apes up against the Patterson-Gimlin film, Planet of the Apes is obviously people in, in chimp suits. No question about it. Now, when you see the face in the Patterson-Gimlin film and the face of, of you know, the Planet of the Apes, Apes chimps, you can say, okay, maybe they could have faked that. But the body, there's no way. There's no way. I mean, you know, you know what's crazy about that to me is actually... The place where I think the argument fails is the face and not the body. To me, the fur on the the Bigfoot in the video looks very similar to the Planet of the Apes fur. It does, and that's because fur is easy to fake. What's right. not easy to fake about the body to me is the weight distribution. Mm-hmm. So if you make a hu- if you try to get a human to walk like the the creature in the video, it's it's nigh impossible. The center mm-hmm. of weight. The, the weight distribution is completely different. He's kind of got his ass out and knees bent. Mm-hmm. And if you try to walk in that position, you're going to trip. You're not going to be, I mean, you're just, you're going to obviously be a human trying to walk in this weird way. You're like the ministry of right. silly walks guy. You know what right. I'm saying? It just doesn't look right. When you then compare the arm length um, and just the overall structure, like I don't see a, a costume is is there enough evidence because here's here's my issue with that is there enough evidence in that video to dispel um the idea that something is being used to extend the arms or that uh i think one of the problems is how broad his shoulders are or that football pads which existed are being used to bulk up the shoulder yeah and and i'm not an expert so i can't look at it and go well that couldn't be shoulder pads what i can do is look at other efforts Mm -hmm. uh films of the time and stuff and say man nothing looked that good Mm -hmm. and and you can go look so another contention that came out um many years later a guy named philip morris uh said that he made the suit the cigarette guy no, <laughs> no, completely unrelated, <laughs> right. but, but just as much of an asshole, I think, because, uh, this guy came out, said he made the suit and indeed 
he's got evidence that he had um, advertisements in magazines in the day selling a film quality gorilla suit. Mm -hmm. Uh, The problem is the only version of this suit that we've seen is version three, which Mm -hmm. he developed over many years since the Patterson Gimlin film. And the photo of that version three suit is absolute garbage Mm -hmm. compared to the Patterson Gimlin film. I mean, if, if someone put that suit on and did the same film, there would be absolutely no question. And I've, right. I've linked that picture to the, to the post. So guys mm-hmm. go to the website again, check it out, see what you think yourselves. But to me, there's no question. Right. That suit, which is 10 years in the making version three looks nothing like the creature in the Patterson yeah. Gimlin film. And not only that, but guess what Philip Morris was doing with version three of his suit. That's mm-hmm. right. He was selling them for $8,000. <laughs> <laughs> we have a clear onus. Well, I think you do you do have a point. It is bothersome that he hasn't been able to recreate the suit. However, I did see a theory that it was actually Patterson who modified the suit the rest of the way, who considered himself an, an amateur at it, and he used that suit as a base. Okay, so if we're assuming that uh, Patterson and Gim- Gimlin did this as some sort of publicity stunt mm-hmm. uh, so that they could fund expeditions and things like that, which is a possibility, um, I think you have to ask yourself, why didn't he just go the easy route of of being hired by movie studios for uh, costume design? Because obviously right. he was far better at that than yeah. than chasing Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. <laughs> There's um, no way. I do think. I do think, though, getting back to almost getting back to my fossil record uh, argument, to say that um, obviously we would be dealing with a new species, right? Right. However. We're talking about this thing being a primate, all right? And what I believe is, is that video experts looking at the Gimlin film, um, while there is a divot, there is no defined buttocks. Uh, the chest is hairy. There's it's, no it's defined buttocks? Are there, you kidding yeah, me? Video, video experts have determined there is no defined buttocks. There is a split there. And I know this is weird talking about ass <laughs> We're talking like about Sasquatch's yeah, ass Yeah, we're talking about Sas cracks, you know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there is a split there, but there is no, like, uh, uh, what do you call it? The gluteus. There is no buttocks. Okay. Okay. Um, there's hair on the chest. There is, which yeah. is odd for a primate. There's hair on the palms. And ironically, you know? the version three of the Sasquatch suit does not have hair on the chest, which is a little odd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, no, that's to your point. Yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, what I'm saying is we're talking about something that is descended from primates, but has lost all these traits, and it is the only primate. Or maybe come from an even earlier primate. That's that's true. They could have diverged before modern primates. Which, again, to me, kicks back to the fossil record, right? So, like, (laughs) you know, where is it? You know what I mean? Right, because all other primates follow this branch. Follow well, we've this. already decided the fossil record is a that's a big I hear you. I'm just saying, of, like that's why his characteristics in that video um, bug me. Now, another thing that bugs me about that video is this reclusive and and master of evasion uh, Bigfoot. When seeing this this man that he is either afraid of or you know doesn't come into contact often, literally running at him, holding a strange object, right. Just continues plodding along, like well, you know, ain't no big deal. My my answer to that is that the Bigfoot you're 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 attributing fear mm-hmm. to Bigfoot, and I don't think I don't think Bigfoot would fear 
at that point. I don't, I think they're smart enough to recognize like, oh shit, he saw me, uh, you know, I'll walk away. And it's funny because, um, Patterson actually talked about the moment that the Bigfoot turned and looked at him, mm-hmm. right? Cause he does, there's this, there's this maybe, you know, three quarters of a second portion where the Bigfoot turns and looks at him and he says, uh, the look was of contempt and disgust. You know how it is when the umpire tells you one more word and you're out of the game? That's the way it felt. So to me, this is a creature that has that knows humans intimately, right? Has has evolved alongside of us and knows the rules of the game. So at no point is it a deer in headlights that goes, "Oh my god, I've got to run." It's hang on, like Hang on before we get too far away from it. Knows humans intimately? Oh yeah. Intimately would have to. Well, how, how, again, how would it? Cause now you move, that would move the Bigfoot from evading us for years to now actively spying. <laughs> us. Like now, not, not in the sense that they've surveilled us, but I think whatever contact Bigfoot has had with humans is sparse, is right? an ancient, but is an ancient ingrained sense. Which means it's not. Uh, okay. So maybe intimately was the wrong descriptor. <laughs> okay. I didn't um, Maybe but, I mean, that's, that's important for, for covering for that point. Right. Because what I, my contention would be, I would expect it to act like most animals. Right. Or I would expect it to act like primates or what we think of early man. Even if he's not scared, I expect him to beat his chest or display or, you know what I mean? I like think that's because you, you, you fundamentally misunderstand the nature of a Bigfoot. Well, I think it's a different creature than the, than the primates and animals. Right. Uh, so the argument it to. the argument you're making is that it's beyond right, uh, or at least a primate. Sure, right, absolutely has but to. But then, be. but then, but then, to what level? And wouldn't that seem to indicate that it would be in our tree, right? Like, Not it, you know what I mean? So, like, I, I'm just getting at like perhaps it. What level those... of intelligence are you at that you don't There's... beat your chest, but you do decide to live out in the woods, and you know, presumably don't have. You know. I've known people, uh, you know, 80 year old man in the mountains of the Cascades who doesn't beat his chest and lives alone in the woods in a cabin with no power. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, so, I mean, so getting to this point that I'm like, where are Bigfoot tools? They don't use tools. Hmm? Why would they? What? See, you know, like, it's a really weird level of intelligence we're describing here. That doesn't really preclude weird, it from existing. Doesn't just preclude it from existing. Odd. Again, contributes to my likelihood. Okay. You so know how I mean? do you feel? So how do you feel about the suit thing? Uh, the suit, I definitely, it's troubling that the guy who says he made it can't make it. Can't reproduce you know? it. And, and in fact, one of the things that we, that you allowed me to skip over and didn't nail me on is, uh, there apparently is a lot of problems with the way it walks. Um, there's problems with the amount of space that it covers and the time that it covers. Um, of course, I think there is some questions about the, the frames. I, I did read into this video just because, you know, you kind of, I'd seen it before, but like, you know, whatever. I was like, well, if I'm going to, you know, shit on this video, how am I going to shit on this video? So I did have to look. At it. Um, and, and there's problems with the weight distribution. Um, there are, there are people who look at the weight distribution and say, oh, it's totally doable. But the majority say it's not. We're so, going to come back to some of that in a later point in what I feel is the most damning evidence for Bigfoot's existence. Mm-hmm. Um, if we were going to call this round, how would you call it? 
Based off the weight distribution and the gait, I will give you this point clean. All right. I'm ahead, folks. That's one and a half to half. These odds are looking good. These odds are looking good. So looking at my next point, number five, um, why are there so many inconsistencies among all this evidence, right? We're, we're all out there. We're looking for Bigfoot. And yet it, it seems like all the, like I've heard vocalizations <laughs> and, you know, people have recorded vocalizations. I remember listening to those uh, years ago on like coast to coast and stuff. Yep. And all the, all the voices sound different. I mean, I know I get that you can have different, uh, you know, different individual animals that have, you know, maybe one's got his voice box scarred up, you know, sure. I, I don't know. But it would seem like at some point, if these things existed, that uh, we would have, you know, similarities and stuff that we can point at and say. You and know. I think a lot of the inconsistencies to me, I mean, you have to look at the body of evidence, which is which is huge and understand that a lot of the evidence has absolutely been proven false. Mm-hmm. So there are plenty of Bigfoot tracks and Bigfoot sightings that we know have been done for attention Um you know, Bigfoot is actually a source of pretty big business. The Patterson-Gimlin film made tons of money mm-hmm. uh, off royalties and stuff. So you have to assume that... Well, that-, that does speak to your point that you brought up earlier, though, about Patterson. You said, uh, why didn't he just go to a movie effects place and get a job or whatever if he was so good at it? You know, maybe you were talking about the costume maker, but... Right. You know... Wouldn't that be the reason, you know, because hoaxing is a big business. And I have to concede that. I I think there is definitely onus um, to to make money off of Bigfoot hysteria. Mm -hmm. Um, So that that confuses the issue a little bit. But Mm -hmm. there are some solid pieces of evidence like the Patterson-Gimlin film and some tracks uh, that you have to take into consideration that have been studied well, which we'll get into. I'll tell you what, we will, we will talk about tracks, but before we do, I would very much like to hear what the score is on this point. Uh, well, I feel like to me, you're, you're saying the inconsistencies of evidence are evidence to disprove Bigfoot. And I no, would I'm say, saying the absence of consistency. Right. And I would say that's easily attributable to hoaxes and mm-hmm. misinformation. Fair enough. But the point remains. You know what I mean? Well, we haven't hit we haven't hit the the talk about the tracks yet, which also factors in. And we, we half okay. a point. Fair enough. I mean, do you want to decide the point now, or do you want to decide <laughs> the point as two points smashed together? We'll decide the point now. But since I'm convincing you, mm. I think you should decide who gets the point. I I think I totally got the point. All right, that's one. And I think it's one and a half to one and a half. Going into the home stretch, baby. <laughs> I was confident at first, but I'm feeling a little shaky now. Although, uh, this next point is is a really big one to me. Yeah. So my, my, my point, point number six, are there two track castings from separate areas that have common features? So the answer is yes, absolutely. That is, if you believe a very shoddy looking website, looks like it was made in 1991, uh, that is at at least hosted on a .edu domain, gives it some credibility. Right. Actually, that website is the website of Dr. Jeff Meldrum, professor Mm -hmm. of anatomy and anthropology at Idaho State University. Ooh. There's some credibility. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Meldrum is also an expert on foot morphology and mm-hmm. locomotion 
in primates. Ooh, sounds like this guy knows his shit. That's right. All so, right. Uh, Meldrum has studied Bigfoot tracks from the places where the original video came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was filmed in Northern California. Are you, are you talking about the Patterson video? Yeah, the Patterson okay. video. Okay. Uh, in Northern California, and he studied tracks all the way up to uh, Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what he found was that all of these tracks showed a consistent metatarsal break uh, that is completely inconsistent with a human footprint, Mm. uh, but is also consistent with the gait shown in the Patterson-Gimlin film. Mm. So basically, he's analyzed uh, the footprints and established that there is a different bone structure in the foot Mm -hmm. that allows for this odd gait of the creature. Right. Um, So also... All of these footprints come from different places uh, and were reported by different people. Mm-hmm. So five or six different people called him up and said, hey, Dr. Meldrum, uh, or he found out in some way, mm-hmm. um, came and studied the footprints and said, oh, shit, these are consistent with the other ones. So mm-hmm. if we are to believe that these were faked in some way, mm-hmm. you would not expect these people who were faking them to provide the same you know, metatarsal break Right. Uh, in the foot, well, they wouldn't have the knowledge. I think probably your your strongest point to rest on, you know, is that I we may believe that Patterson faked the video, but to believe that Patterson then faked footprints or somebody faked footprints whose bone structure matches the gait that's in the video, that is a hard sell. That's a hard sell. And here's the other thing: um, some of these footprints he analyzed were as late as 1992. Mm-hmm. So to believe in the conspiracy of faking big, Bigfoot footprints, you have to believe that they faked them in 67 mm-hmm. and continued faking them all the way up to 1992 and not only faked them, but faked them consistently enough to uh, to dupe a professor who's an expert in, in primates walking. Well, let's hang on. Though. Let's talk about that for just a second. I think you have a really strong case insofar as, to me, the biggest thing is the bone structure matching the gate. As far as the evidence, you know, from 67 to 92 and faking a professor, you know, duping a professor, I would point at crop circles. So once one of these feet castings get out into the community, and Lord knows it is a, a, a close-knit community <laughs> who, who believe in Bigfoot. I, I think we had that TV show there a while back where it's, it's like passed down from, you know, I'm teaching my son how to look for Bigfoot, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, once somebody sees that, that creates a, a template, possibly. Okay. Um, now, there's really no way um, for me to know without, you know, meeting these different people or whatever uh, if they know each other, if they ever saw the other castings, if they duplicated and whatnot. But I fall back again. That's why I think your strongest point there is the bone structure matching the gate. It's it's very suspect that somebody was like, okay, we're going to have this guy walk across the frame. You see the way he walked. Let's make a foot that fits that. That right. is stronger to me than, you know, the other stuff is, eh, you know. I could see that happening. And, and folks, um, <clears throat> all of the... All of the evidence that I've kind of pulled for this episode, it's all on the website. Mm-hmm. I'd say when you look at the pictures, it would be really hard to fake, uh, you know, footprints in a muddy situation. I mean, he has analyzed where the toes curl to mm-hmm. grab uh, soft pieces of ground and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, in order to fake these footprints, you would have to have a, 
a footprint maker that could curl its toes. These uh, these particular that's I was actually going to ask you, and I thought that it was particularly relevant uh, because of that year in your life where you went without shoes. Uh, <laughs> and so I wanted to ask you this: these tracks in particular are the toes splayed sometimes. The toes are only splayed sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Really? Uh, sometimes they're curled together, you know, yeah. in, in places where it would need traction. Yeah. Um, sometimes but, they're splayed in order to dis- no, what I'm distribute saying, the weight. But what I'm saying is, though, the, the, the toes are, they have, they are splayed. They have, they are evolved into a splayed structure. Yes. Okay. All right. More so That's than important humans. because I, I did see a lot of the footprints that are passed off is, is because of that year that you went without shoes. It was and, more and than I remember, a year. Yeah. Well, however long it was. And I remember we were we were down at the park playing basketball, like the next time I saw you after you started doing this or whatever. And you walked up and I looked down at your feet and I was like, damn, you know what I mean? Because your foot had just changed. It changed. And so a lot of the big footprints that I see, that's like my first criteria. Like this thing's walking around, like are the are the toes split? You right, know what I mean? Right. So and, and Meldrum, an expert on the on the subject, you know, mm-hmm. has has looked at it and he very much believes that this is a unique species hiding right. out in in the northern California Washington woods, mm-hmm. and and you know maybe maybe Meldrum's in on it, but I think well you can't you can make a case for the I'm sorry what was he the professor of again uh, anthro anthropology and, and yeah primates uh, and stuff like that anthropology and anatomy yeah you can make a case that the professor for anthropology and anatomy at Idaho State Idaho State it? University at Idaho State yeah. may be looking for something that will increase his prestige a bit <laughs> but I'm not I'm not you know I'm going to take him at his word so I mean know. here's the thing it is it is entirely possible that Patterson Gimlin um the guy uh, who who found the footprints in 1996 outside of Walla Walla, Washington, mm-hmm. uh, Peter Byrne, who found prints near Bluff Creek in mm-hmm. 1960, um, Al Hodgson of Willow Creek, who cast several prints in 1962 and 1963, Don Abbott, an anthropologist from the British Columbia Museum uh, in August 1967, Deputy Sheriff... Denny Hereford, who found tracks in Grays Harbor County, Washington in 82, and the <laughs> benevolent expert, Dr. Meldrum, foot morphology and primate locomotion expert, yeah. are all in on some gigantic conspiracy to defraud the public. Or you can accept that Bigfoot is probably real. I mean, we are talking beyond Kennedy levels of conspiracy. Not, not necessarily. Hang on, though. That that point in particular, it does not necessarily indicate a conspiracy. I say again, you have groups of people who believe in Bigfoot. I, I want you to think for a second that every person that you just named all right, lives in a town that stands to benefit directly from Bigfoot tourism, <laughs> right? I mean, it's a thing, right? If you're a little town up in the mountains of Idaho, what, what's got people coming in besides snow? Okay. You know what I mean? I bet there is a thriving Bigfoot. So what I'm getting at is, is that does not necessarily, the, it, the other alternative doesn't have to be conspiracy. It could be a series of people trying to find the most convincing fake Bigfoot evidence. That, that would they be can. a conspiracy. You know what I mean? Well, no, 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 because they haven't talked to each other. They've just, I've merely seen this foot. And he hey, saw foot, the casting and yeah, was like, that, we can do that too. Yeah, so, okay. So, so let me, let me give you this scenario. Maybe the 1960 one is real, Right. 
But then the other guys were just faking it. That does not indicate a conspiracy. So, I mean, that's to me, that's a bit of a, a straw man, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Well, it have to be a conspiracy. No, it doesn't necessarily have to be a conspiracy. And again, the esteemed professor, who I'm sure is a wonderful man. I, I bet if you go over to his house on Sundays, he makes the most excellent tea. I don't want to dog this man out. I'm just saying there is a chance that he could have ulterior motives. But again, I don't believe in knocking an expert without proof. You know what I'm saying? So right. I will take him at his word on his, his professorship. His so is, is that a point for me? Uh, the, I'm, I'm going to tell you why it's a point for you. It, it is the, what did, what did you say it was? The metatarsal? Yeah. That solely, that is a huge point for you. Yeah. Okay. The fact, the fact that uh, if anything, it, it rolls back and verifies the video, which is, you know, that's, that's a pretty big deal. So for those of you who are not keeping score at home, that is two and a half <laughs> points for me and one and a half points for you. Yeah. And uh, just to sum it up real quick, I think that the evidence that we're taking seriously, that's discounting, you know, the hoax footprints and discounting the vocalizations, which you can't really uh, cling to. But the video evidence, uh, Dr. Meldrum uh, specifically, these things all point to the possibility of mm-hmm. Bigfoot existing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder, after the end of this conversation, if you've been shaken at all from your initial stance of Bigfoot is not real mm-hmm. to uh, maybe at least accepting the possibility that Bigfoot might be real or maybe even a full positive, I believe Bigfoot is real. Okay. There's a, there's a lot of weight on my shoulders going into this. I feel like I, I represent Bigfoot skeptics everywhere. Stay strong, my brother. Science deniers, you but, mean? Uh, <laughs> you do mean science deniers, yes, right? Science deniers. Uh, no, man. Uh, have you uh, changed my mind on Bigfoot? Um, yes. You have shaded. Woohoo! And I'll tell you why. The premise was the premise that I laid out for you is that Bigfoot is not real. Definitive. That Bigfoot is not real. I cannot rectify that with the metatarsal. Okay, that that is a a silver bullet that is a killer. Do I think Bigfoot is real? Not quite, not yet. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't I can't say that I think he's real. Let me ask but you I this. I am much more open to the possibility of him being real than I was before we started. I'm considering that a win. I'm considering that a huge it is. win. No, I think it is. But let me ask you this. What piece of evidence, what amount of evidence would it take for you to say Bigfoot's actually real. Do you need him in a zoo? No, actually, I don't even need that. I just need more on uh, Dr. What is it? Dr. Dr. Meldrum. Meldrum. I need, I need uh, other scientists to verify his work. You know what I'm saying? Um, And, and perhaps. I'm pretty sure he's peer reviewed. I would, I would. um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You want to talk about peer review today? (laughs) Let's not talk about peer review today. Um, But anyway, uh, I need, uh, I do need, I need, I need some more of it and I would like to see, um, it, okay. So if that's the case and you've pretty much given me, uh, what is that? You were talking about Washington, California, mm-hmm. you have honed in on a region of the country. That's right. So I would be willing if I was at a university to now commission expeditions to go and find more evidence. Sure. Now the results of that expedition um, I'm not, I'm not going to say like, we're going to send one big expedition. They'll come back with evidence and it'll right. prove or disprove. But I'm just saying, if we give that a fair shot of going and looking for Bigfoot, uh, you know, over the course of 20 years or 30 years, like we've looked for things in Africa and in the Amazon and stuff like that, then I, 
am completely willing to kind of accept the results of that. I do not believe that Bigfoot can evade our technology and our know-how yeah, I feel for like, forever. I feel like we should have like helicopters with Fleur like flying <laughs> over the Cascades yeah, and stuff, right, like right. really looking out for these guys. But you got to think, man, in order for Bigfoot to be real, they have to have highly developed senses and they have to be super intelligent, like way further than animal intelligence we've we've encountered so far. So even sending a helicopter, you got to assume they're going to hear the helicopter. Right. And hide. I mean, you have to assume that they're they're intelligent enough to evade satellites. I don't does is satellite imagery to the point where we can really like you can read uh uh what you call it license plate numbers. That's now, a good you get point. into a problem in forests, but I mean, there are clearings, you know what I mean? Like, yes, but and not avoid to mention the clearings. Well, not to mention, I guess the real question is, and I don't know if either one of us knows the answer is what is the state of infrared satellite? Technology? That's right. That's a, that good, would that's be, a really good That question. would be the killer if you ask me. Yeah. And, you know and if I mean? you ask me, like the government probably knows Bigfoots are real, just, just like <laughs> they knew the UFOs were real. And, I did. I did want to bring just now up. seeing Pentagon videos. Like wh- when we see the Pentagon videos of Bigfoot, is that going to be evidence for you? Yeah, yeah, that okay. would definitely help. Like right. it helped with UFOs. One thing, one thing I wanted to bring up though is, um, I think with a case like Bigfoot, right? Uh, some other things that we do on Change My View, it may not, you know, be absolutely necessary. But with Bigfoot, I felt like it was necessary to kind of give you an alternative explanation, mm-hmm. if you will. And here's one of the things that bugs me, and what I think, you know, if Bigfoot's not real, then what is he, right? Um, what bugs me is skunk ape. You know about skunk ape? <laughs> oh, no, what's skunk ape? Skunk ape. Oh, that's the South's version of Bigfoot, right? right. And Yeti. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. uh, God, I can't even remember like what the, all, you know, so, you know, we're talking about Bigfoot living in the Cascades or, you know, living in the Northwest. But the thing is there are Bigfoots sightings and stories and all this stuff all over the world. Hell, we had one in Kentucky. Over thousands of Matilda. years. Matilda. Right, right. There you go. So to me, that is more indicative of that, that, uh, uh, which Pithecus did you name earlier? Uh, Gigantopithecus. Yeah. I got to get my Pithecide down, dude. I'll tell you, (laughs) but (laughs) that is more indicative of humanity having an experience with Gigantopithecus years and years and years ago. And that like filtering down in our myths and lore. Sure. Because we're trying to make the argument and on one case, that Bigfoot has, you know, very small numbers, very reclusive, very evasive, and yet he's seen all over the world. <laughs> he's seen all over the world, and yet there's no, you know, there's there's these footprints. I, see, that's yeah. that's what you've changed today. I have to say there's these footprints. Yeah. But, you know, outside of that, we have not found the mother load of Bigfoot nests, uh, which we're trademarking, by the way. Um, and, you know, those uh, the Bigfoot tools and stuff right. like that, you know. So that's what my 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 explanation is. It's like dragons or something. You yeah. know, uh, I think dragons are you know humanity's attempt. I swear to God, if you try to change my mind, that dragons exist next week. <laughs> but I think it's humanity's attempt to rationalize dinosaurs. You know, that's kind of uh-huh. what it what it turned into and came to be. And who knows? Hell, maybe pterodactyls breathe the fire. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's some you know. Some, Surely the fossils some version would be singed. Yeah. We detect the carbon deposits <laughs> yeah. or something. I but uh, but that's that was kind of that was kind of my operating belief, and so that's kind of when you're overcoming my belief in Bigfoot. That's what that's the mountain you're climbing. You know what I'm saying? It's you know, like, it's funny because I came into this show today with a pretty positive, like Bigfoot is real. Mm-hmm. But after your arguments back to me, uh, specifically regarding. Uh, the footprints mm-hmm. 
uh, I do see the possibility a little bit stronger that these people may all have some sort of self-interest right. uh, in faking it. Mm-hmm. And they don't necessarily have to be colluding with each other right. to fake it. It just kind of happens. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Meldrum is kind of the linchpin yeah, yeah. in all of that to Absolutely. me because, you know, you would think he would he would be able to identify fakes. And he's identified other fakes. That's another another point. Um to, to bring up, but I am a little bit softer on my positive belief in Bigfoot after today, just mm. a little bit. Well, the big question I think, and, and, and everybody knew that, you know, this was coming. Of course, if we're, if we're going to sit there and we're going to make an argument and I'm going to say, you know, it's this way and you're going to say it's that way. There's really one, only one arbiter that we can go to, to ultimately decide the truth of the matter. I, I have faith and for some reason. I think we all know who that is. World-class producer and fact-checker extraordinaire, Beanzo. Beanzo. And so it was that I, your dogged and determined pursuer of truth, your peerless adjudicator of the facts, the ombudsman of eminence to all you buddies. For fuck's sakes, Beanzo. Just saying. So it was that I came into this episode with great hope and optimism. Could sense and theory indeed change my view that this show was a flaming paper bag full of Sasquatch shit and mediocrity poised at the doorstep of our listeners? Well, with the exception of my segment, of course. Sadly, if predictably, the answer is no. Since, while the score reflects that you've taken home a win, I think it's obvious that the real loser here in theory, but myself and the listeners who just sat through an hour of a dubiously prepared argument about a hairy man-ape stalking the far-flung corners of our nation like some sort of primate shinobi batman superman mashup so let us effectively stomp on this sack and hope the bigfoot shit doesn't stick to our shoes the way your inane ramblings are now burned into all of our brains this show only strengthens my case that my segment should lead off the show it would attract more listeners save a lot of good people's time and in this case negate the need for you two to be involved to begin with You see, there's no question about the authenticity of Bigfoot. He is real, his name is Harry, and he lives with a nice family named the Hendersons. Someday, I suspect you boys will finally see the need and usefulness of research. Until then, I can only hope to mitigate the effects of your torturous grasp on the concept of truth. Fellas, back to you. Well, shit, I I consider that two wins. I convinced you. And I convinced Beans that oh, Bigfoot is real. Oh, no, oh you, yeah, no, you're on his team now, huh? You, you going to take his side? Yeah, you. Uh, he said that Bigfoot was real based off the strength of Harry and the Hendersons. I'm taking any win I can get, baby. Man, I just, for for God's sakes, like who in their right mind would would think that Bigfoot's exists, man? I mean. Taylor Swift? <sighs> Hey folks, I'm Sense, one half of the Sense of Theory podcast. I'd like to take a second to thank you for listening. Uh, It's your time and attention that makes this show worthwhile. Uh, We do the show for you and our listeners. Um, I'd ask you to leave a review, good or bad, on iTunes. Uh, Come check us out on the various social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find the links uh, in the description to the show. And uh, if you want to reach out with a comment, uh, joke, uh, funny anecdote, uh, you want to call me an idiot, uh, senseintheorypodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Thanks again, folks, and we'll see you next week.